This episode of the Cigar Snob Podcast is actually a broadcast that we do on AM radio. So we do a show called The Draw on 12:10 a.m. The Man, which broadcasts in South Florida, Mondays, Tuesdays, and Wednesdays from 6 to 7 p.m. Uh, we've been broadcasting live from Cigar Cellar of Miami at 1557 Sunset Drive, and we're sharing broadcasts of The Draw here on our podcast. So without any further ado, here is the latest installment of The Draw. On 12:10 a.m., the man, which you can also find on Spotify if you search for the draw 12:10, or uh, streaming live again Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday from 12:10theman.com. That's one two one zero theman.com. Otherwise, uh, you should be able to catch uh, episodes of that show right here on the Cigar Snob Podcast feed, unless you want to hear us live, which is always fun. Anyway, here you go. Hello, and welcome to Cigar Cellar. That's where we are. Where are you at? How come you're not here with us? I'm right here with Oh, here's Eric. Yeah. Check it out. It's a party. We are on the draw live on 1210 AM, the man broadcasting from Cigar Cellar of Miami. And as always, we are smoking through our list of the top 25 cigars of 2018 as per Cigar Snob Magazine, which is a magazine where Eric and I do stuff. Um, so we're at 1557 Sunset Drive, where you should be. Bring us chicken wings. We're going to eat them. We're going to say thank you. We might give you a shout-out on the radio. We'll definitely give you a T-shirt, that's for sure. We'll definitely give you a T-shirt and maybe a lighter. we got lighters here for anybody who comes by with chicken wings. Or I mean, the bar is pretty low. If you come by and shake our hand, we might still give you a lighter. We might still give you a lighter, yeah. yeah. In the meantime, though, while we're waiting for you, we are smoking La Galera Maduro. This was number 23 on our list of the top 25 cigars of 2018. It is made at Tabacalera Palma in the Dominican Republic. It's got a Mexican wrapper and binder and filler from the Dominican not Republic. Not a Mexican wrapper like you know, no. el, el Cholo, the Mexican wrapper. MC no, Cholo. Not, not that, not yeah. that guy. What's the what's the truck that the uh, the the narcocorrida? I don't know what you're no, talking the, about. The Raptor, the Raptor. So the the narcocorrida guys mm. love the Raptor truck. Yes, they do. What is that? A, I don't know anything about truck. Is that a Ford? It's a Ford. It's a Ford. So they love Raptors. If you listen to any uh, narcocorridos or corridas, narcocorridas, uh, they are big on references to those are those are songs. Uh, yeah. Sort of aggrandizing the uh, the drug trade, the drug trade in yeah. Mexico. It's yeah, like Mexico's gangster rap, but with accordions. True, true. <laughs> That's a very good way to put it. <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, they're big on references to Raptors and uh, and Buchanan's, the Scotch. Huge, huge fans, huge of, Buchanan's fans of Buchanan's whiskey, or as they say, Bucanan. Bucanans. <laughs> I uh, love that. So anyway, that's not the sort of Mexican rapper we're no, talking about. No. We are talking about Mexican San Andres rapper. Uh, so as in the tobacco, as in the tobacco, you've heard us reference this. All sorts of times here, uh, and this is San Andres, which is typically called San Andreas by, by the, non-Spanish speakers. By non-Spanish speakers, and even if cracks me. I up. think it's become so widespread in the cigar. Spanish speakers have started to say San Andreas. I know, as if as if you know they they okay. I had it wrong. Let me say it right. San Andreas. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> um, so anyway, yes. If you ever see San Andreas rapper referenced out there, know that it's got an extra a. Should be San Andres. 
which references the um, San Andres Tuxla. San Andres Tuxla, which is near, uh, not far from Cancun. It's very close no. to the uh, to the Yucatan Peninsula, um, and I have been there, and it is actually a very cool town. In fact, yeah. if you're if you're into like maybe there again soon, we may be there again soon. Uh, if you're a fan of of the Caribbean, it's actually. Uh, a part of Mexico, you know, in, in Cancun it's very touristy, a lot of resorts, but San Andres feels in a lot of ways like you're in a, a town in Puerto Rico or Cuba. The, they, they've got, because it's sort of still in that part of Mexico, it sort of juts out into the Caribbean and it's on a coast and they've got the tobacco culture, there's a, there's a lot of similarities there. A lot of the food is the same, the song is, you know, the, the music is Huge, very similar. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, and a lot of, uh, a lot of Cuban tobacco growers uh, moved to Mexico a long time ago. Correct, and so there is still like that Cuban soul there, right? And right, so right. And there, and there is a sort of a burgeoning cigar industry there, for sure. In large part because it was only recently because of the San Andreas wrapper, because of the San Andreas wrapper, uh, and also because until somewhat recently it was illegal to import uh, non-Mexican tobacco we're for blending. All kinds of Mexico knowledge, oh, right? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, we're we're coming into the end of our list, and we're who knows when we'll have another chance. It's true. Um, That's a good point. All of which is to say that one of my favorite. Slogans in the cigar industry comes from oh, a company God. that is not of Cuban uh, Cuban heritage. Uh, also, I, not really imported uh, prominently no, into the U.S. No, not as far as I know. Uh, but I won't name them just in case. Okay. All right, that's uh, nice of you. But the slogan is something along the lines of "Our secret is on everyone's mouth." <laughs> it's so terrible. <laughs> it's, it's pretty great. It's so bad. It's, it's awesome. I'm, I'm only mad I didn't think of it myself. I know. However, this is not. A secret. Everybody knows about it, including the people whose mouth it is on. Uh, the La Galera Maduro. Uh, we gave it the number 23 spot on our list in the Cortador Vitola, which is a six and a quarter by 52. However, as fans of the show are uh, well accustomed to by now, we are fresh out of those at Cigar Snob HQ. And so we're smoking this thing in El Lector, which is a six by 54 Toro gives us an opportunity to drop two more pieces of cigar knowledge. Eric, what is a lector? Uh, a lector is the, the person who would sit at the front, or who still in some factories sits at the front yeah. of the rolling floor where all the cigars are being made uh, and reads out either current news or a famous book or they just they read, right? So their lector is, means reader. Right. And so they, they sit up there and then they, uh, they sort of entertain the rollers. This is this is a, a tradition from before the days of radio. Yeah, before, so, before the days of a lot of things. Of a lot of things. So uh, it, it, all all we had back then was the printed page. Right. And so these these folks, usually a a, a man would uh, would sit up at the front and then read uh, read to entertain the rollers. And so these guys at La Galera, because La Galera is Spanish for the rolling floor. Correct. Yeah. Uh, or rolling gallery. Uh, all the names of their vitolas or shapes have the names of cigar rolling uh, nomenclature. Right. So Cortador is Cutter, Lector is the Reader. Right. Um, I forget all the other names, but they have a bunch of I them. think there's a... Chaveta. There's, I was about to say Chaveta. Which Chaveta is, is the device they use to cut the Yeah, tobacco. it's sort of like a... Like a uh, sometimes has a handle, but often a handleless blade. It's like a sort yeah. of arc-shaped blade. <clears throat> uh, which is similar to like what they use at, at Domino's to... To cut right. pizzas, except it's a smaller version. Right, right, right. Yeah. So imagine a giant. I wonder which one came first. I have to imagine the chaveta came first. I would predate so. Domino's. Pre-da- it does predate <laughs> Domino's. Um, so anyway, so yeah, now you've learned a bunch of stuff. You're welcome. Yeah, that's it. You're. I mean, come you've got with, enough now. Come by with your thank you chicken wings. Yeah, anytime. 
Um, so what do you think about the cigar? So now we're about like, a, I don't know, quarter of an inch or half an inch in? Yeah, you know, um, I think um, for, for me, it's very different from a lot of other La Galera things, which tend to um, maybe be a little bit more typical Dominican. I agree. Right? Yeah. They have a more typical Dominican profile, which makes perfect sense because not only are they in the Dominican Republic, but the, uh, the guy who is behind the factory, Hochi Blanco, is himself Dominican. Yep. Uh, so he doesn't have those proud Dominican and a very proud Dominican. Uh, Hochi is the person who told us where to find the good chicharrones when, when we were in the Dominican Republic. Um, we owe a so lot to him. We, we <laughs> I owe at least three or four chicharrones to Hochi, <laughs> or three or four pounds, or three or four pounds, which is roughly what I ate while in the car on my way to wherever we went after that. Um, but yeah, so it's it's got this Mexican wrapper, and the sweetness of the Mexican is very pronounced here. Yeah, more so than a lot of other blends that we've referred to. This is, I don't know if it's because maybe the filler and binder tobaccos uh, don't have a ton of their own, uh, not a ton, but like that they are not so overpowering as some other things, right? Where they sure there'd be more of a balancing out, and that's not a knock on it. I love that like sweet chocolatey. Mexican profile. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm a fan, and so far the combustion is perfect. Yeah, I think that the uh, the other more subtle notes in there, uh, like roasted almond, is yes. uh, is strong yeah. back there, uh, and then like something something like a charred charred wood. So there's a woodiness, but kind of with a char on it. Yeah. And for so sure. uh, so I I dig it. It's a it's a cigar that that made it to this uh, this spot on the list uh, because of that. Interesting, nuanced complexity. Uh, we got a full house here at the yeah, store yeah, today. This place is filling up, and yet no chicken wings. And no one has brought chicken wings. Not cool. Not cool, guys. I don't know what's up with these people. Anyway. But anyway, uh, no, but the cigar itself, uh, really, really interesting uh, combination of flavors, right? So I dig it. Let's see where it goes uh, in the next little bit. For sure, for sure. So uh, we will be toying with our mm. tasting notes. In the meantime, we'll talk about Toys R Us and the return of Toys R Us. This segue. Oh, God, I'm so good at this. This from Bloomberg. About a year after shuttering U.S. operations, the remnant of the defunct toy chain is set to return this holiday season. I don't want to grow up. I'm a Toys R Us kid. By opening about half, by opening about a half dozen U.S. stores. My sister asked me to sing that. (laughs) At an e-commerce site, according to people familiar with the matter. Which, by the way, your sister... Yamilet, who people may remember from our last broadcast, yep. was the one who let us know about this story. So thank you, Yami, for filling us in. Yami was kind of emocionada about this news. She is. I mean, we really did. Uh, you know, when we came, when we left Cuba, that went to Spain, and then moved here to the U.S., Toys R Us was like, that was heaven. Like, imagine for a, a kid who's grown up, you know, at, at that point at least, six or seven years old, without any any toys to speak of and you walk into this place and it's just magical right so we loved toys r us as kids my sister and i so according to the story again this uh, information comes from people who asked to remain off the record which seems like kind of a silly thing the holiday season is right around the corner i don't know why you you really should be letting everybody know about this since now yeah. uh, but anyway according to them the stores they'll be opening are slated to be about ten thousand square feet which is roughly a third of the size of the brand's big box outlets that closed last year. When, when they closed, so you have, you have the two boys. Yep. Did you feel it? Was it a thing that you relied on for like gift-getting or anything like you that? You know who really felt it is my two boys because they have, <laughs> they have like a combined like 
three, four hundred dollars in Toys R Us gift cards that were never used that they were saving for like the right toy. And so they still got them. So I wonder what happens with those gift cards. It's not in the story. That's a very good question. Uh, what happens with those gift cards? I, I know two boys who are at summer camp right now who really want to know what happens with those right. gift cards. So uh, message to the people at Toys R Us. If on top of sending us chicken wings, you can send us some answers. Yeah. Uh, we would really appreciate it. What's up with the gift cards? So uh, another, you know, uh, you as the authority with the two boys. Question. I hadn't been in a Toys R Us in a very long time. How had Toys R Us changed by the time that it closed? And did you kind of see it coming? Did you go in there and think like, this is not the future? Well, I think that what they, I think what they didn't do was change. And I think that was their big problem. Me personally, having two kids, they were basically just the uh, store, like the, the same store that was there when I was a kid. They didn't change with the times. So how are you going to compete with Amazon? How are you going to compete with the, you know, toys are not something you have to try on. And usually there are things that you give as gifts. And that is ideal for Amazon. So what you needed to do, I imagine, is change and make things more experiential and, and, and let kids play with things and make it a big playground that then you just buy stuff at. Right, right, right. Like that's what I thought it needed to change to. And they never did that. So I don't, I don't, my answer to you is it didn't change at all. And that's right. the problem, I think. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So um, before we come up on our break, which is also right around the corner, sort of like the holiday season, uh, I will mention to you, because I have become a bit of a, of a, a proponent slash ambassador of being a fan of mixed martial arts oh, yeah. on, the, on the telly, uh, this coming Saturday, we will be in Las Vegas, and I will be looking for an opportunity to place my first ever sports bet Oh, I this can't is, wait for I this. I have never I didn't done know this. you were going to try and I didn't, We I, didn't talk about this. I we may didn't talk do this. You were going to bet. Uh, and so UFC Fight Night on Saturday, rare opportunity to not have to pay for it. It's going to be on ESPN. This is going to be Francis Ngannou versus Junior Dos Santos. Francis Ngannou, if you haven't checked it out, you should get on YouTube, go to the UFC's uh, YouTube channel, and check out his most recent fight. Not his most recent fight. His fight with uh, Alistair Overeem. Monstrous, monstrous knockout that will give you a sense of, like, why this fight may be worth watching. This is one of those guys with, like, lunch boxes at the ends of his arms. Um, and and he, so I'm guessing that's who you're putting your money on? That's who I'll be putting Do my money on. Do you know the on. odds at all? Or no? he you is, have to look this up? He's, like, a plus 200 favorite, I believe. Plus 265. Or, sorry, minus 265. Um, okay. Uh, favorite. So, and Ngannou's at, like, plus 200, I believe. All of which uh, is borderline gibberish to me. Uh, but I learned this today. <laughs> <laughs> But when, when I mentioned to Ivan at our office that I would be betting on Nganu, he told me, oh, what are the uh, I don't know. I, I should go I find better out. look at it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, all of that is uh, happening on Saturday. Check it out. Uh, we'll talk for a little bit about that when we come back, but also about the Cigar Trade Show that we'll be at, giving you a little inside baseball and some information for next year when it will suddenly be relevant to you. I'm Nick Jimenez with Eric Calvino. You're listening to The Draw live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. We will catch you on the other side of these very informative advertisements. Come on back. Welcome back to The Draw, live on 1210 AM, The Man. I am Nick Jimenez. I am a man. And I'm here with Eric Calvino. What's happening, y'all? Also a man. We've got a guest in the wings. Tell the people. Tell the people who you are. Big Mike, the MVP. Big Mike, the MVP, who is also a man. But before we get into our regularly scheduled programming, 
I have something to say about a sponsor of this show. Hi, guys. It's Nick Jimenez. I'm a man, and I'm from the draw. As a person who travels the world visiting cigar lounges and also other things, but cigar lounges, people ask me about the best cigar bars in Miami. I always answer Cigar Cellar. That's where we are right now. We are located right off of Sunset Drive in South Miami near the Sports Grill where you should buy me chicken wings. The owner, Alex Broche, invites you to the man cave that is Cigar Cellar. Right now, there's so many mans in here. It's very cavey. And there are men's. It's a man cave. They have a great selection, including Oliva, my father, La Flor Dominicana, CLE, Arturo Fuente, and some excellent craft beers and wine. Eric, what are you drinking? I am, okay. I am back to the Pops Porter. Back to the from Pops Winwood. Porter. I just uh, can't get enough of it. And I am on the Grayson, oh. which is a wine that I'm told is called the Grayson. But I really just went to the bar and said, hey, that bottle's open. Pour me some of that. Give me some of that right there. Give me some of that right there. So uh, there is 24-hour access to their VIP member lounge if you are a VIP member, so you want to get into that program. You'll get humidified locker, TV, and big discounts. You don't get a TV to, like, take home. Relax, everybody. There's a TV there that you can watch in the privacy of the lounge, and then there's a door, and every once in a while you can open the door and look down your nose at all the non-members and tell them, hey, losers, you should have paid for membership so you could be in here with me watching this TV with a humidified locker. That's the benefit, mainly, I think. If I was paying, that's how I would use my membership benefits. Cigar Cellar is also the home of our radio show, the one that you're listening to right now. Congratulations. This is Half the Battles listening to the radio show. We are live on site Monday through Wednesday at 6 p.m. We smoke, hang out, and talk all manner of cigar snobbery. Just wait till you get a load of the rest of the show's snobbery. Two mm. more segments of snobbery is what's in store for you. Visit Alex Broche and the great people at Cigar Cellar, and they will make you a VIP at 1557 Sunset Drive, or you can call them at 305-381-0458. Again, that's 305-381-0458. But, hey, it's 2019. Nobody uses phones anymore. CigarSellerOfMiami.com. Don't call people. Don't be one of those people that makes phone calls. Go to CigarSellerOfMiami.com. Or you can find them on social media. Go to Instagram at cigar underscore seller. That's C E L L A R, not a seller like S E L L. Like they don't. I know they sell cigars, but it's cigar seller because it's sort of a seller, but it's above you know at like ground level and a view of the street and of chicken wings. It's a great place. You should come here, smoke cigars, drink wine, drink beer, and uh, and say hi to our guest again. Introduce yourself to the people. Big Mike, the MVP. Big Why Mike. Why do they call you the MVP, Mike? You know, I, I kind of got that name um, while I was working at, at another shop. Um, they just started calling me MVP because I did everything and every, you know, everything huh. that they needed. That's good. That's I like a good that. reason to get the name. Nobody calls me the MVP, but I'm also not the MVP of very many things. So, you hmm. know, you're a senior editor, though. I, that's what they, that's what people call me, Nick, yeah. the, Nick senior the senior editor. Senior editor. I'm out on the street and people are like, "Hey, senior editor," and I know who they're talking about. They're talking of about me. So. Um, we're going to introduce this thing before we get to the question that we're going to ask you, Mike, because there's important context here. So, Mike, are you familiar with the IPCPR trade show? Yes, I am. So the IPCPR trade well, show. So, so Mike has worked at, a, oh. at another shop. MVP over here. Yeah, that's why he's the MVP. Oh, okay. So, uh, so the IPCPR trade show. He worked at Sabor Havana. Yeah, uh, Sabor Havana and Doral. Yeah. You say Sabor Havana or you say Sabor Havana? How do you go with that? Because it's a, it's a combination of languages, that name. I, I keep it more gringo. Yeah, the, well, you go Sabor Havana. But they did spell it with a V. I know. Havana. Which makes you say Havana. I got to say, I love those guys. I love that place. That name drives me nuts. I know. It's because uh, it's two languages in one. Exactly. Just like El Titan de Bronze. <laughs> so, Alex wants us to, like, bleep this. 
What's that? What's that? You get, you get bleeped. What's up? Beep. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so anyway, uh, we're here at Cigar Cellar, which is for the time being the superior place. Of course. Uh, and for the, for always, because uh, because look at Alex, look at that guy. You get to hang out with this guy. So anyway, okay. So the IPCPR trade show. This is the cigar and the door handle, which I didn't mention in the library. Thank you very much, MVP. That's why he's the MVP. You see this that? place has the best door handle in the cigar industry. We're reaping the benefits of having sensor. the MVP. Oh man. Okay. So the IPCPR trade show is the cigar industry's annual trade show. They usually do it in Vegas, and for quite a while now, it has been closed to consumers. It's from just, its inception. From its Clo- inception. Yeah, okay. yeah. Closed to consumers. Okay. So from its inception, closed to consumers. This is where. The cigar retailers set up a trade show, which uh, is basically designed for them to facilitate uh, sort of one-stop shop shopping, right? Yeah. Uh, well, and for the old school players, right? Uh, it was called the RTDA, so the right. Retail uh, Tobacconist and Distributors Association. So, uh, two bits of news about the IPCPR trade show, which a lot of smokers who we meet out on the road, and you probably had the same experience as I would Havana. Um, will tell you, like, oh, I really want to go to the trade show. And I think, they, number one, they don't realize that it's kind of boring, right? Uh, and number two, they can't. However, all of that is changing starting next year. So next summer's IPCPR trade show will have a day that I believe they're referring to as Cigar Con. Yep. Uh, the IPCPR is also changing its name to the... PCA. The Premium Cigar Association. Yep. So there will be a day that's open to Which consumers. Which is weird because it's always incorporated, uh, like it was retail tobacconist, so de- tobacco dealers. Yeah, so I'm curious And the to reason see for that was because it was tobacco as in premium right. cigars, cigarettes, and pipe. And even some vape stuff. Correct. And then, and then it changed to uh, the, in, the uh, IPCPR. Correct. And so that was premium cigar and pipe retailers. But now it's premium cigar association. Right. So not a ton of detail out there in the wild, but there will be a day starting in 2020 when smokers, just consumers, to use the trade term. It's July 11. It's supposed to be Consumer Day. Starting next year, though. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, July 11 of next year. July 11 will be the Consumer Day where you can basically go and do whatever. They're going to not a lot of detail out about what that will look like. Yeah, you will you will get charged a a fee to come in, right? And you will get cigars. So that's all we know, right? So (laughs) the, the question, MVP, is as a smoker. Would you go to Las Vegas for a one-day cigar convention? And if so, or if you're on the fence, like what would that event have to look like for it to make you feel like, yeah, I'll go out there for that? Okay, well, let me tell you, as a, as a consumer living in Miami, you kind of see every, a lot of people in the industry living here. So I, I don't really see the benefit for somebody living in Miami. But maybe somebody who lives in another part of the country where you don't see a Rocky Patel, you don't see a Calito Fuente, you don't see a, a George Padron. You know, there's probably a certain allure to be able to go see them at a, at a convention in Vegas. So that aspect of it, you, you think, like, the actually meeting the guys who make the cigars would be the draw? Yeah, most definitely, yeah. Got it, got it. Yeah, and, and I think that's probably what most people hope for, even when they go to some other, like, big marquee events. And that's how those are generally marketed, right? Like, uh, the Smoke In event, the... Um, Sorry, the Great, Great Smoke. Smoke. Great Smoke at Smoke Inn, which is a Palm Beach uh, chain of, of stores, does one of the big annual events that's, you know, one of the bigger consumer events in the country. Um, and that's definitely the way that all those events market themselves is, you know, hey, you get to meet maybe Rocky Patel or Carlito Fuente or uh, Pete Johnson. These guys will be there and you get to meet them. Because I've always ever been this engaged in the cigar industry as uh, from the cigar magazine perspective, I've never had the experience of just being a smoker going to those events. So I don't know how much access 
uh, and elbow rubbing, smokers feel like they get to do with those things. Do you, have you have you been to one of those like that? And did you feel like oh, okay, yeah, I got to well, really yeah, like before you worked at a store, did you ever attend any of these events? Yeah, I used to go to Abe's event. I used to go to uh, George's event in Doral, and yeah, it, it was kind of cool to see some of the guys. And you know, it, a lot of them are t- are like celebrities to us. Right. Is there uh, one that you haven't met that you would love to like go and like if you could smoke a cigar, sit down and smoke a cigar with anybody in the industry, anybody who makes cigars, who would it be? Um, that's a tough question because I've thought about that, but it's somebody out of the industry actually. Okay, uh, Steve Harvey. I would love to have Steve a cigar Harvey. with Steve Harvey. Nice. Okay, that counts. He was. He was. Uh, he, he comes to town quite a bit. Yeah. 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 Very so we cool. Can, we, I think we can make that happen. Let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. for. The, I think if we tell Steve Harvey. We got Sly for Christian, and, and we'll get Steve Harvey for the MVP. For the MVP. And I think if we tell Steve, hey, uh, listen, not a lot of people get to do this, but do you want us to set up a meeting with the MVP? He'll probably be all over that if we just leave it of course. there. Sold. Nice. <laughs> all right. So, Eric, tell uh, the MVP what he has won for his participation. So the MVP has won a La Galera T-shirt that we've been uh, holding at the office waiting for this event. Uh, waiting for this day. This is an aged T-shirt. This is an aged T-shirt, and uh, and then, and you've also got a La Galera lighter. So so that's what you get, man. Congratulations, MVP. Awesome. It, it pays to come here for the radio show. There you go. I'm telling you so. That's the idea. That's the idea, bro. We got more shirts, more lighters. Come on down. So much more stuff. Come on down to Cigar Cellar, and you could be our next lucky. Winner MVP, but you won't be MVP. But you won't be MVP. If you want to stick around, you're welcome to. You don't have to. My feelings won't be hurt if you walk away from this table. But if you want to stick around, you can. I'll definitely stick around. Cool. Just don't fall asleep, like this woman did alone on a Toronto tarmac. She was uh, asleep on an Air Canada plane. The plane lands in Toronto. This, according to CNBC, another submission from Yamilet, who is becoming the editor of this show. Yes, super into it. A, uh, so she was left on the plane. Quote, Air Canada says the airline is still reviewing this matter, so we have no additional details to share, but we have followed up with the customer and remain in contact with her. Uh, the passenger tells... That, that's, we're not staying in contact with the customer. No, we that's are... The, no, that that's is, you reading that is this the story. airline. The airline said that. And so um, she was stranded alone on the tarmac in the dark in what she described as a, quote, nightmare. So I, I, I've been worried about you, uh, uh, this happening to you, because you fall asleep. Uh, MVP, Nick falls asleep on a plane the second his butt hits the seat. Yes. It's like, it, it makes me jealous. Like, I'll sit there next to him, and he's just like, his boom, pop, pff, he's out and snoring. Out, out cold. That's a blessing. I'm it's telling incredible. you, man. So I've always wondered, Quinn, what happens if, if, like, you know, we all walk out and Nick stays? Well, it happened to this lady. It happened to this lady. I and didn't think that that was possible. I think that they, I, you know, I always thought that they would do like a, a check, and they do. But I imagine there was some guy who was like, you know what? This lady, me cayó mal. This lady said something to me, and I didn't like it. Yeah. And I'm just going to leave her here. Mm-hmm. That's what I, and no one's going to know that it was me. That's what you got to be nice to the flight attendants. They might just leave you there. So this probably has not happened to me on a plane because I usually go for the aisle seat. And so there's usually somebody who has to, like, ask Hit me to you get on the elbow. Way. I'm also kind of a, you know, big-ish Dude, so like big ish, big ish dude. I love it when you call me big ish. Nice, I like that. I'm gonna start telling people that. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so like when people are, since I'm in the aisle and people are walking down the aisle, inevitably I get like my shoulder and my elbow get hit by somebody's luggage or whatever while they're walking through. But if I was in a window seat, if I was a window seat person and I just liked falling asleep, it, it would have happened by now, with how much I've been flying for 
I don't know, 12, 13 years now. Yeah, you know, you remember I, I mentioned Gary Arts uh, a few episodes back, a no. few shows back. Uh, I was flying with Gary once to uh, to Pensacola for an event, and Gary falls asleep with an unlit cigar in his mouth. Oof! Falls asleep, window seat, he's out. We land. I, you know, I nudge him, Gary, let's go, and uh, he doesn't move. Like Gary, let's go. Like we've <laughs> landed. And he's not moving at all. So I'm thinking, oh, crap. Because Gary, again, was, was old and had some health problems. And so I'm shaking Gary, shaking him. Finally, Gary wakes up, wakes up, gets up groggy as heck. And again, this is like a Pensacola flight. So it's those little planes, those little puddle jumper planes. Uh-huh. And when he comes down the steps, he trips because he was groggy. And he falls into the arms of this massive human who thankfully caught him. Oh, wow. And uh, but the guy ca- holds, catches Gary and puts him down on the floor and goes to take the cigar out of his mouth. Again, an unlit cigar that Gary is just clenching on his mouth, and it's still hanging on after all of this. And the guy goes to take the cigar out to make sure Gary's okay. And Gary's like, "Get your!" He, Gary grabs his own cigar. Get your hands off of my cigar! With like all kinds of outrage. I'm like Gary, this guy just saved you from a broken hip. Relax. He's just trying to see if you're all right. He can't touch my cigar like that. Like, oh God. That's how you. No, Gary was special. That's how you know. Have you? Have you? Where are you a plane sleeper MVP? No, no, I can't sleep on a plane. Do you? Where do you ever fall asleep anywhere? Like, are you a? Not really. No, no. So I have two sleeping stories. One of them not really a story. I will just say that I have slept on a transportation situation um, that was on the metro rail, uh, and I did fall asleep and end up all the way at the north extreme of the metro rail line. How far does this go? How far does the, the metro, metro go? Yeah, I don't oh, know. man, I don't even remember. Uh, I think Palmetto and Hialeah. I think, yeah, yeah, I think it goes that oh, far. Oh, so you ended up here uh, by Hialeah Park Casino. Yeah, something you like that. You could have just gotten off and played, a, just gotten off. So, played the uh, ponies. Also in college, and we're coming up, coming up on a break. In college, I will be quick about this. I worked the overnight shift at a Sam's Club in Missouri, and I fell asleep standing up, moving toilet paper and in my sleep i woke up and i had shredded toilet paper everywhere because i had in my sleep i don't know what i was dreaming about but i was just tearing apart a family pack of sam's club toilet paper uh so i wake up with all this toilet paper crime scene all around me and it was terrifying when we come back we will be talking about all sorts of things that are not about me tearing up toilet paper on the draw live from cigar cellar at 1557 sunset drive i'm nick jimenez with eric calvino and the MVP. We'll catch you later. Ooh. I like digging it. Digging it. I was about to start singing the song. And I, oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. Ooh. The DJ's here at 1210, the man. Welcome back to The Draw, live from Cigar Cellar at 1557 Sunset Drive. I am Nick the senior editor, Jimenez, <laughs> with Eric, the publisher, Calvino. And also, forget the name. He's just I like just the MVP. We're going to stick with the MVP. Does that bother you? Not at all. I'm going to go with the MVP. That's pretty cool. I wish I was just the When MVP. has anyone like complained that you're calling him the MVP? Let's talk about this cigar, Mr. Publisher. Uh, again, we are smoking La Galera Maduro, and we are smoking it in... Um, El Lector, but we gave it the number 23 spot on our list of the top 25 cigars in 2018 in the Cortador format, which is only slightly different. So Cortador is a six and a quarter by 52, whereas the Lector is a six 
by 54. And just by way of a reminder, uh, for those of you who are maybe new to the show or new to cigars or whatever it may be, the first number refers to its length in inches, and the second number, so in this case 52 or 54, refers to its uh, diameter in 64ths of an inch. So a 64 ring gauge cigar is one inch wide. Just Correct. to give you an idea of, you know, so you have a visual because this is an audio medium. This is, uh, you know, about five-sixths roughly of an inch wide. Yeah, in terms of, uh, you mentioned earlier that uh, this is similar to El Cortador, even though it's the lector. Right. Uh, el Cortador is a torpedo. That is the only difference. There you go. So it's got a tapered head. Yeah. So, other like, the thickness of the cigar is quite similar. I mean, right. we're talking about two points difference. Uh, but in terms of the shape itself... Uh, and the experience from a torpedo is a little bit different. Yeah. So how are you feeling about the cigar so far? Uh, good. You know, it it, uh, it has changed quite uh, noticeably. Yeah. So the that roasted almond, uh, the the sweetness from the wrapper, that chocolatiness has kind of faded to the background. And now I'm, I'm getting uh, more of an earthiness. Uh, the wood has, has become more prominent than before. Uh, and there's a, there's a tiny bit... Uh, of spice that wasn't there before. Yeah, you know, it's interesting that you say that the... So the chocolate for me has faded, but I for me, it's way more nutty. So I get like a... It's a very kind of like mouthful of peanuts kind of flavor. It's a different than that roasted almond yeah, flavor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And, I, and I wonder how much of that is the fact that I'm drinking this wine. So I've been drinking wine throughout the broadcast, and maybe that brings some of the sweetness onto my palate and sort of offsets... And I'm finished my beer. And so. you finished your beer. So um, MVP, what are you smoking? Are you smoking right now? Yeah, I'm smoking a 601 Maduro. 601. So that's an Epino, a friend, Epinosa. friend and sponsor of uh, of the man. Of the man. That's right. That's another man. That guy's a man. That guy's a man. He's huh. the alpha dog. He's the alpha dog. That's right. It goes by the alpha dog. How do you like the 601? I assume since you picked it out. And you, you like purchased it. it yourself. Yes, and I really like it. It has, it has a nice uh, a caramel hint to it and on, the, on, the, on, the, on the last third. Um, very smooth. No bitterness at all. Very cool. All right. So is that normally the profile that you go for? Like you kind of like things that are in that wheelhouse? You know, I, I kind of smoke the whole range. It depends on the day. It depends on my mood. I can smoke a Connecticut, a, the whole range all the way through. So you're feeling like a little caramelito right now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Chocolate-covered caramelito. When am I not feeling like a chocolate-covered caramelito? You eat those like oh, they're going man. out of style. Shout out to uh, one-time listener and probably not listening right now, my friend Lauren Tussie, who gave me a $9 tub of like 600 <laughs> Chocolate-covered caramelitos. That but explain been. why she's not listening right now. She's, she's busy doing other things. She's busy doing other things. Actually, she's actually she's not super busy right now. She's on a little bit of a pre-deployment vacation. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, she's hanging out uh, in the beaches of the Carolinas someplace. If, for some miracle, you are listening, thank you, Lauren. Thank you again for your service. And also for your caramelitos. <laughs> and the caramelitos. So, the, yeah, thank you for those things. Uh, all right, so, for those of you who are politically inclined, this is the segment for you. Because we are getting into a little politics game so oh as you might know later this week there will be a whole bunch of democrats in miami for their uh, their for their debates for their debate for their debates um and uh yeah that's happening wednesday and thursday there are approximately and this is just at last count six thousand people running for president <laughs> as democrats and we are going and to run... only a slight exaggeration. <laughs> Correct, only slight. Only slight. So we're going to run through the roster of candidates uh, who are going to be in these two debates and see whether Eric and or the MVP recognize right, any so of them. Closing, closing all That's windows. Right. No cheating here, people. No, Boom. no cheating. Laptop here. is closed. All right. So the second night, which is like the main event, we're going to go through these. Some of these will be obvious. Some of these maybe not. 
Second night. Who can tell me who Bernie Sanders is? Oh, is Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Everybody knows Bernie Sanders. What does he do? He's a senator. He's a senator from New Hampshire. Vermont. Vermont. Oh, they're off to a bad start with this whole name and like role recognition thing. Mm. It's going to be rough. Kamala Harris. Also senator, but uh-huh. out in California. Correct. You got to beat him to some of these MVP. All right. Pete Buttigieg. I believe also a senator. Mm, you know, no. I have no idea. He is a mayor. Mayor, that's right. Mayor Pete, come on. From? Like Minneapolis? South Bend, Indiana. Indiana. I did know that. I'm sorry. I got to say. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous here on the spot. Well, but coming up on the debate, like you fi- you'd figure, because they're going roughly know, in order of importance here in this story from Time Magazine that I'm referring to, you, like they're not off to a good start. And I have the benefit of looking at the list. I might be blanking like you would, like you're blanking now on some of these if I was. Uh, on top spot. of the fact that I, I, like, I think this is all, it, I, it fatigues me. And I've said this before, but this amount of politics in oh, our yeah. pop culture fatigues me. Right. So, continue. Kirsten Gillibrand. Got me. New, no, New York Senator. Michael Bennett. I didn't know who this was before reading it right now. Michael Bennett was a running back for the <laughs> Chicago Bears. I'm about to say, it sounds like a football player. This is not a former member of the Bears. This is a Colorado Senator. John Hickenlooper. We've talked about him on the show. Okay, but he's got my favorite name. Yes. I have no idea who he is, Epic. but I love Hickenlooper. Epic name. Yeah. John Hickenlooper is the former governor of Colorado who took his mother to see Deep Throat in a theater. Oh, good. So and that's, that's the thing to know about. That, I, if I would have said that, I would have been right. That's right. <laughs> Eric Swalwell. Sounds like he was in the movie. That <laughs> <laughs> he was in Deep Throat, right? Oh, hello, Mr. Swalwell. <laughs> He is a U.S. representative from California uh, who has one of the worst campaign ads that I've ever heard. Um, and this is it's not fair. He's, like, he's got all this information. No, on yeah, his he has mic. some information. But he, he, the thing people are making fun of Swalwell for is because in his, in his ad, he's going on about, like, I am you and you are me. And he's like I, a big Barney? It's, yeah, it's, it's borderline Barney-ish. And the joke is, like, well, I think that's his strategy to win because if he's everybody, then yeah, <laughs> he can't he wins. Yeah. Then he wins no matter who wins. Uh, Andrew Yang. Oh, Andrew Yang. I've, I've heard him on, uh, on uh, Freakonomics podcast. Yeah. He's the guy that has the, uh, the idea for, what is it, like one salary or, or one uh, tax bracket? Universal basic income. Universal basic income. That's and this is the only one so far who's not a politician. So he's an entrepreneur, more like from the tech world. Yep. Um, and I highly recommend people check out interviews. I think that's Andrew a half Yang. point for me. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Marianne Williamson. Nope. Self-help author. Mm. So, uh, so those are the people who will be on the stage. That's the primetime one. That's prime. That's the good time. one. Primetime, baby. Um, so we actually, uh, if we weren't going to be leaving for the show, we might have done interviews with Marianne Williamson uh, because in the most recent issue of Cigar Snob Magazine that is on its way to your cigar shop as we speak, we uh, did a travel story, and two of the people that we end up hanging out with on the travel story are on the staffs or somehow employed by the campaigns of Kamala Harris and Marianne Williamson. Uh, but that didn't happen, so sorry, because we have other I'm cigar, glad. cigar-related I'm kind of glad. I'm kind of glad it didn't happen. <laughs> we could have had her in Because you would have really wanted to do it, and I wouldn't have wanted to have that in the magazine. All right, so there will be a second debate, if you can believe this, with those borderline nameless, faceless characters that I just yep. described to you. Steve Bullock. Or ah, Bullock. I've heard the name. Governor of Montana. Montana, yep. Seth Moulton. 
of the uh, chocolate molten cake. You know the chocolate molten cake yes. at Chili's? He's the one that came up with of it. of the chocolate molten cake. <laughs> okay, this one is one that I, I didn't know. And if you had told me, that, but like I, I have heard of him, and I, I had already forgotten his name. But he is local. Wayne Messam. Yes, that's the, the mayor of uh, my, uh, Miramar. Mayor of Miramar. I gave you a little bit of a hint there. If I you had just did, said Wayne did. Messam, you might not have gotten it. Correct, correct. But uh, I, did, I did remember that there was a mayor of Miramar running. And finally, Mike Gravel. Uh, gra- wait, but Gravel, I thought he didn't make the... Oh, no, you're right. I'm sorry. These are all people who failed to meet the minimum <laughs> criteria. <laughs> okay, because I remember the Gravel, was a, that was a big deal that he didn't make the, the criteria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, these are all the people who are running. Because you haven't mentioned Cory Booker. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, God, where is that list? Joe uh, Biden. Yeah, you haven't mentioned. Uh, where are these characters? All right. Well, I don't know. I I'm thought that lost. the idea was to go with like two prime times as opposed to one uh, adult party and one children's party. Right. In right. terms of. Uh, oh, I'm sorry. So Biden was at the front of this list of the on the second night. Um, so, yeah. But there, there's too many people. Oh, so then uh, uh, Elizabeth Warren will be on Wednesday night. We know, we know her. We know her. We know Elizabeth Warren. Poca. Beto, right. Uh, what is it? Uh, Focahannes? Focahannes. Or, or as Trump bungled that joke, uh, Pocahontas. Uh, Beto O'Rourke. Yeah, in Texas. In Texas, right. Uh, well, yeah, sort of, right. Is he even still in office in the state legislature? Not even sure. I don't know. Uh, Nor do I care. Cory Booker. Cory, yeah, Cory uh, Booker. Uh, Spartacus. Yeah. <laughs> Cory Spartacus Booker. <laughs> Amy Klobuchar. Nope. Klobuchar. Uh you know Amy Klobuchar, Curtis? No. Jay Inslee. No, of the uh, the fabulous Inslee brothers. <laughs> yeah, they were a great band in the 70s. <laughs> Love the Inslee brothers. Awesome R&B. <laughs> he is the governor of Washington. <laughs> Julian Castro. Julian, Julian, que malo eres. Que malo eres, Julian. Uh, Julian Castro is, uh, wasn't he uh, like a HUD secretary or something like that? Ding, ding, ding. I think this is the, is this the first one? And he one? was just here in Miami, right? And he was just here. He was, he was the first one to get to Miami. I did not even, okay, so I knew who he was, but I did not know that he was running. <laughs> he's running. Uh, and he's got an identical twin who's not running. Which I would Ooh, love to see. I problems, would love to it? see a race between identical twins. Yeah, let's first Missed. have a runoff between the twins. Oh, yeah. and then <laughs> Missed opportunity here in the Democratic Party. Tulsi Gabbard. No, Blaine Gabbard's sister. <laughs> Representative from Hawaii, or Hawaii, as okay. they like to say over there, I think. So aloha to Tulsi Gabbard. Uh, also a veteran. She okay. was a veteran. Well, thank you, Tulsi. Uh, but also, uh, and also very anti-war uh, and uh, caught some heat for meeting with Bashar al-Assad uh, as, a, as a sitting representative. Very strange. Cool. Very strange okay. thing. Uh, Bill de Blasio. Yeah, New York. Mayor of New York. Mayor of New York. Tim Ryan. Ohio representative, and finally, John Delaney. Not to be confused with comedian John Mulaney. Mulaney, yeah. No, King Ed Delaney, I had no idea. Maryland representative. Mm. So that is your field of all-star <laughs> Democratic candidates. We're basically uh, looking to see between Biden, Warren, Biden, Warren Sanders, Booker, maybe, yeah, Booker, yeah. Uh, what, what ends up happening there. But it's, it's blowing my mind that the party as a party, because right? you figure like, you've got to look out for your own interests as a party. How do you let this many people muddy the waters? Like, I know that there are rules and you got to let people try to get their head in the ring or whatever. But if you're running a party, don't you say like, wait, you're getting in the way here, man. I, I don't know. Tra- tra- how. I, I'm just surprised that, that uh, you didn't fall asleep going through that list. <laughs> I know. Based on I your story of close. falling asleep. I came earlier. very, very close to falling asleep. So 
Anyway, um, I hope that at the very least, all these Democrats who are descending on South Florida will stimulate the croqueta economy. Yes. Uh, maybe buy some cigars um, or, uh, you know, uh, beer and wine at Cigar Cellar. They should all come here and do their cigar smoking here. They'll meet the people for whatever that's worth. They'll meet the people. So They'll meet the MVP. This, and, and they might meet the MVP, which really, what candidate shouldn't want a picture with the MVP? Telling you. And, and if you come down right now, you can take a picture with me. That's an, uh, get over here now, Democrat people. All right. So uh, we have one more story to tell you about the political world, sort of. So in Oregon, there was a cap-and-trade bill that was going to be voted on uh, in the state legislature in Oregon. And a bunch of uh, Republican legislators said, hey, we're not going to give you a quorum, <laughs> and we are out of here. So there are currently, I believe, a dozen GOP legislators from Oregon who are in hiding in Idaho so that they don't have to vote. They just hightailed it out of the they state. They just hightailed it out of there. And my favorite part of this, and Eric knows how much I love this part of the story, is that there is a militia group called the Three Percenters who, according to HuffPost.com, have, quote, vowed to do whatever it takes to keep these senators safe, even as Oregon state troopers seek to retrieve them. So basically you have all of these state legislators who have fled to a different state. State troopers, on orders of the governor, are trying to track them down to bring them back to the legislature so they should vote on this cap-and-trade bill. And then an armed civilian militia in Oregon is saying that they're going to keep these senators safe and stand between the state troopers... And these state legislators. This is uh, this is what would be called by my grandmother an old school arroco mango. Super mango. I don't know what crop that's comparable to mangoes are being <laughs> is, is grown in, but whatever that is, it is an arroco papa or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so, so two questions. Number one, uh, if this was your state legislator, and let's assume that you agree with how they would vote on it, and they don't want to vote that way, does it bother you that they flee? Or do you see it as like a, okay, yeah, like if that's what you got to do to not have the thing happen that I don't want to see happen, then go for it. You're doing a weird tactic, but I'm down the system. And so uh, for me, uh, let, let's try to win. If if I'm if I'm with them in in, uh, in this ideology, let's try to win through the system. That's what the system is there for. And if if the majority of the population wants X, then let it be X. MVP. Kind of sounds like safety is an issue there. You know, uh, with the whole militia and the, and, and the state troopers. So that's part of the debate, right? It's like by leaving and now when this militia says they're going to protect you, like are you now tacitly endorsing the militia standing against state troopers? Yeah, of course. like the militia is like, woof, we, we have it. Yeah. Uh, I personally, I'm all about this. I know you are. You are I'm a, all a, about. You are an anarchist at I'm heart. I'm all about it, bro. Uh, so here's another question. You love arroco mango everywhere. I love arroco mango you everywhere. You love linguine and corn, and you oh, love all man. those kinds of combinations. I was, I, this is part of why I was a huge fan of Trump serving uh, fast food at the White House. When, uh, what was it, when... Uh, Alabama won the... Was the, it uh, Alabama or Clemson? Clemson? Clemson, one of Clemson, the two, yeah. or both. Yeah, yeah, when, when they went over there, uh, uh, I was a huge fan of the fast food thing because I just love any kind of, like... Breaking decorum and... Breaking decorum and making a farce of the whole thing. I'm super into it. I think we should give it as little importance as humanly possible. And the other thing is, you know, so these three percenters, which, who, by the way, take their name from the idea that only 3% of the population fought, fought, the, British, and, yeah. fought the British, which uh, supposedly is not quite accurate, but it's not too far. It's like it doesn't get to, like, 7 or 8%, I don't think. Um, in any case, 
uh, yeah, I think that there is something to be said. Maybe I don't agree that this is the hill to die on, but there's something to be said for a population that's willing to go that far. Well, and they're talking about like, uh, yeah, they're, they're talking about making it, you know, bring your, uh, what are they saying? Like bring your bachelors and, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and arm them. So we are at the end of our show. Nothing will stand between me and my chicken wings. So if you don't come down here, I'm going to call the three percenters and tell them to come after you. <laughs> we are on the draw live from Cigar Cellar with me, Nick Jimenez, Eric Calvino, and the MVP. We will catch you next time. Thank you very much. See you tomorrow. Take care. <laughs>